Hello? You might need to turn me down. A lot down. <laughs> okay. So we are going to jump right into it. Happy Father's Day for everybody watching online. Thank you for joining us. Thank you guys for coming today. Even with all that's going on and everything that um, like is just flooding our lives, flooding social media, flooding our minds, um, just setting aside time with God is so, so important. We forget like how important it is. It's crucial. And it's, it's the grounding where where everything is just built on it, when you set aside time with God. Um, there's a couple of quotes, though, Father's Day quotes, that I found that are super, super cool. There's a lot of them online, but here are my two favorite. Listen to these. Remember when you teach your son, you are, you are teaching your son's son because your son is transferring that. So remember when you're teaching your children that it's actually you're teaching your grandchildren before they even exist because all that stuff, morals, everything that we are passing down, everything we are transferring goes into the next generation. This is another really, really good one. It's about family, not necessarily the father, but we know that fathers actually carry the family. So there is no doubt that it is around the family and the home that all the greatest virtues, the most dominating virtues of humans are created, strengthened, and maintained all in the family. If we forget that all of values are created, strengthened, and maintained in the family, you'll realize how important it is to stay together, to stick together. Some from our very own kids, you might have already received this, but one question that they were asked was, one amazing thing your dad has taught you. One said how to work hard and how to fish, how to cook, all about music. One of them said how to be a leader. Another one said how to be respectful. Another one said to be kind to everyone, how to be confident in who God created me to be. Another one said how much God is important. Another one said to be humble and always to obey. My dad taught me to always be myself in any situation and that not everyone is gonna like me and that's okay because people come and go in life. He has taught me to be strong, not to try to fit in or to be someone else for people. That it's okay not to do what the other kids are doing at school, like drugs. <laughs> that won't get me anywhere in life. Dads, just want to remind you that you matter. You are needed. You are necessary. You are loved and you are appreciated. If all year long you're working hard and it's a ton of pressure, don't forget, so many are watching you as not just a physical father in the home, but even as a father figure. So please, don't give up. If you need help, ask somebody <laughs> and stay connected. Stay connected to the word of God, the ultimate father. He will teach you how to do it all. Amen? Amen. 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 Let's get right into it. The faith factory of a father. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. And again, like I always say, please, I will wait. Pull out your phones, pull out a notepad and a pen and take notes. 
Not because I'm amazing. Not, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> not because I'm special. Not because the words that come out of my mouth are any more valuable at all. But it's the word of God. And if we can get uh, an extra oomph on remembering it, it's writing it down. So please pull out your phones, pull out uh, the notes section and take, take notes. The faith factory of a father. Let's go to Luke chapter 9, verse 28. Luke chapter 9, verse 28. We sang this song this morning called the Transfiguration, and that's what we're going to go into. If you're all there, say amen. amen. All right, Luke 9, 28. I'm just going to read the whole thing, and I'm going to point some things out for you guys to take notes, okay? Now, about eight days after these sayings, and I'm reading out of the ESV version, okay? Now, about eight days after these sayings, he took with him Peter and John and James and went up to the mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face was altered, and his clothing became dazzling white. And behold, two men were talking with him, Moses and Elijah. Verse 31, who appeared in glory and spoke of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and those who were with him were heavy with sleep. But when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. And as the men were parting from him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. As he was saying these things, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. You should have an exclamation mark in your scripture. That's, that's God, like, really letting it out listen to him it's not listen to him it's not a whisper it's not gentle it's serious with an exclamation mark and the when the voice had spoken verse 36 jesus was found alone and they kept silent and no one and told no one in those days about anything what they had seen so first thing i wanted to just point out are they went up to the mountain to pray when God is ready to reveal his glory, it's when we go to a retired place, a desolate place, an empty place. It is there that he can truly show us his glory. So remember to take yourself to a retired place. Set aside time like I mentioned earlier. Jesus, he went up to the mountain to pray and he frequently did. When Christ humbled himself to pray, it was then he was exalted. Same goes for you and I, sons and daughters. When we humble ourselves to pray, we get exalted. Maybe not in the physical, you might not feel the earth shake or the heavens roar, but you will be exalted. All of a sudden, your spirit you're, you're, you'll feel a little lighter most of the time, and your spirit will be lifted. It, it's, 
It's when we humble ourselves to pray is when we become exalted. Now, I want us to focus on three things. The first one is Peter. And there's actually two things about Peter here showing ignorance and wisdom simultaneously, which is what we do. <laughs> we are ignorant and wise at the same time. How is that possible? Here's how. We often are not sensible of the, the worth of our mercies until we're about to lose them. We have no idea what we have until we're about to lose it. Most people say or quote, you don't know what you've got until it's gone. Truth is, you knew what you had, you just never thought you'd lose it. We always think like, no, this can't be taken away from me. No, my family can't be taken away from me. No, I got forever with my dad. I'll call him later. I got all, all the time in the world. Man, I'll go to college later. I'll, I'll start that later. You know, I'll start a business later. The truth is, you knew what you had. Time is so important. We just never think we're going to lose it. Same goes with men and women of God, the saints of God. Peter saw, it says, as they were departing, um, in verse 33, it said, as the men were departing, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it's so good that we're here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. And here is where Jesus is saying, you guys are so ignorant. You think you have all the time in the world to get things right. It says, as the two men were departing, Peter is saying that. Same goes with men and women of God. Embrace them, bond with them, stand by them, remain stubbornly faithful to them. We are so stubborn to everything else except this. We refuse to be stubbornly faithful to God and the people, the men and women of God around us. And I'm not saying cling to them, not cling, but cherish. Cherish them because one day they will be gone. The Lord will come and take them. The Bible says that our days are numbered. And he knows. He knows when it is, but none of us do. Our days are numbered. Cherish what we have here. In a blink of an eye, scriptures say, Elijah was actually taken up to heaven with chariots of fire and horses. And Moses' body was never found. Imagine that. Imagine all the people that Moses led that could not even have a funeral. They could not even have a ceremony. Can you imagine how much, uh, how empty that must have felt? Like, oh my God, we served this guy. We listened to this guy. He wrote the Ten Commandments. And what is happening? Where is he? Nobody knows. But that is because scriptures say in a blink of an eye, it's nothing but a vapor. Cherish men and women of God. Don't, you don't have to cling to them, but cherish them. Here's where it talks about um, Elijah. 2 Kings chapter 2, 
verses 1 to 11. 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, the Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, As surely as the Lord lives, and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of the prophets at Bethel came out to Elisha, the servant, the, the disciple. One way that I taught um, the, the Sunday school class is Elisha with the S is the servant, is the disciple. Something it's easier to remember that way. Then Elijah said to him, no, 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 sorry. Verse 3, the company of the prophets at Bethel came out to Elisha, the servant, the disciple, the student, and asked, do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? And Elisha, the servant, said, yes, I know, so be quiet. Does yours say that? Yeah, yes, I know. Keep silent. Mine says, yes, I know, so be quiet. Let me just enjoy the day. Then Elijah said to him, the discipler or the, the, the teacher said, stay here, my student. The Lord has sent me to Jericho. And the student replies, as surely as the Lord lives, and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. Verse 5, the company of the prophets at Jericho went up to the student, Elisha, and asked him, do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? He said the same thing. Yes, I know, he replied. So be quiet. <laughs> Verse 6, then Elijah, the teacher, said to him, Stay here, the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. And the student replies, As surely as the Lord lives, and as you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on. Verse 7, 50 men from the company of the prophets went and stood at a distance facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up, and struck it with water. How powerful this man of God is. The water divided to the right and to the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. Have you seen a miracle with the people you are walking with? Have you seen one? Something that I prayed this morning, I will never be able to unsee what God has done for me. And I pray the same for you. I pray that those memories are held close to you, that that is what is you are clinging to and holding on to. Miracles you've seen with your family from, from serving God, from getting saved. What type of miracles have you seen? Don't let go of it. It will get you through will get you through rivers and high waters. Verse 9, when they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me what can I do for you before I am taken from you? And the servant or the student said, let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. He saw something special. Way past riches, inheritance, uh, diamonds, houses, cars, he saw way past that. Can we? Can we see past the things that are actual visible, the things that will fade away? Can we do that? Verse 10, Elijah said, you have asked a difficult thing. Yet, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it will be yours. 
Otherwise, it will not. So as they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them. And Elijah, the teacher, went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha, the student, saw this and cried out, my father, my father, what is the man of God that you see? What is he to you? He's got to be a spiritual father. He's got to be one who cares for you, one who stays up all night praying for you and your families and your marriages to be restored and your children to be set free from addiction and off of the streets. Be careful. Follow somebody wise and on their knees, praying, speaking goodness over you. My father, my father. The chariots and the horsemen of Israel. And Elijah, the student, saw him no more. Then he took hold of his garment and tore it in two. He grieved and mourned. That's how they showed in, in, in those times. They would tear off their garments. Second thing about Peter. And here's the good thing. Here's the wisdom. Here's to lighten the mood a little bit. <laughs> Second thing is Peter, in all of that glory, he still asked Jesus for permission. He says, Master, it is good that we are here. So let us make tents, one for you, one for him, one for him. And Jesus is obviously thinking, man, you have no idea of the mansions they came from. You have no idea what they've seen up there, and you want to offer them tense so i feel like jesus kind of like chuckled inside but still peter was wise so he was wise and ignorant at the same time we can be the same remember though to ask jesus for permission about everything about everything and wait 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 till he responds don't rush to any decision Pray and wait, pray and wait, pray and wait. Jesus didn't even have to say anything. He knew that they would be taken right then and there. He knew that they would be departing. <clears throat> Excuse me. Jesus was actually talking with his saints about his departure, his exodus, how he's going to leave this earth. So they're talking about something serious, and Peter is like, no, let's just make tents. Let's stay right here. It's so nice. It's so lovely. All this glory I couldn't even imagine in my wildest dreams. In the same scripture, we see both ignorance and wisdom, a do and a don't. I have one reminder for everybody. This has the answer to everything. This is still the answer. There's do's and there's don'ts. There's stop and there's go. There's build and there's tear down. If you believe that this word is true, it's perfect, it's pure, then don't let it go. Get into this when you are seeking wisdom, when you are seeking permission. Get into this. Second focus, after, after uh, Peter is talking with Jesus, and we'll see it. Back to uh, the main scripture in Luke chapter 9. 
Verse 37. And on the next day, the very next day, when they had come down from the mountain, a great crowd met him. And behold, a man from the crowd cried out, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son, for he is my only child. And behold, a spirit seizes him, and he suddenly cries out. It convulses him so that he foams at the mouth and shatters, and then it will hardly leave him. And I begged your disciples to cast it out, but they could not. Jesus answered, O faithless and twisted generation, how long must I be with you? The second focus on this is the multitude. The very next day they come down from the mountain, a crowd comes to meet Jesus and the three that went up with him. Peter, James, and John. So how many disciples leave down at the bottom? Prior to that, nine. There's three that goes up with Jesus to the mountain and nine are still down with the people trying to do, do their best. Verse 41, he says, Oh, faithless and twisted generation. You and I are twisted. We got it twisted. We go left when he says right. We go up when he says down. We get it all twisted. And he's talking about the generation. The generation of this crookedness. The generation of it. The multitude or the people. Men of God, when you come down from the mountain to pray, it is time to work. There are people down at the mountain who are hungry, hurting, addicted, filled with anxiety, don't know what kind of what's going to happen tomorrow. After we come out of this COVID, even in the midst of it, some people have died. Some of our family members have died alone in hospitals. I just received a call last week that one of my uncles passed away from COVID and nobody could see him. We couldn't have a funeral. It's so hard. So many people are lonely. So many people, we're going to have a huge effect from all of this. I feel like, uh, like a cause and effect of depression and anxiety. I feel it just coming, just coming our way. And men, men and women of God, get with God, get with Christ, pray. But when you come back down that mountain, we have got to get to work. There are so many people, so many people struggling. It says on the very next day, the man from the crowd gets the attention of Jesus regarding his son, his only son. And it melted Jesus' heart. Do you know why? Because he was an only son. His father sent him as an only, so he knew, he knew what it felt like for a father to be hurting for their son. He knew. But this is what the church does most of the time. Um... When we come down from the mountain, most of the time, it's like the, uh, the Good Samaritan parable. You guys remember that? Where there's a man stripped of his clothes, he's robbed in the street, and who passes him by? 
Who's the first one who sees him but passes him by? It's a priest. Scriptures say the priest just walks by and ignores him. And then the next scripture says it's a Levite, another one that should be stopping and helping. Thirdly, a third man passes by and he is named as the Good Samaritan, a man from Samaria who is doing what the church should be doing, who is doing what men and women of God should be doing, reaching out, bandaging, helping, caring for, calling, texting, visiting, whatever the case may be. That's why he says, that's why Jesus says, you got it twisted. You guys got it twisted. You guys have got to change some things. You guys have got to turn. We, we just talked to some, some folks a, a couple days ago. I'm, they don't want anything to do with the church. No more. And I kept telling them, hey, you're safe with us. We'll you know, Pastor Vaughn was telling, we'll care for you. There's, there's, and they're like, nope, I ain't going. I ain't setting foot in one more church. They took my money <laughs> and never called me when I wanted to leave, never called me when I was having problems. We got it twisted and we're part of it. We cannot stand back anymore and allow the, the world and not organizations to do better than the church does. We've got to stay connected and be the greatest support system this world has ever seen. Amen. Father figures, fathers, your faith factory that's set upon a hill for the whole world to see must be active. Jesus is the owner. You are the director. Moms and wives are managers. Do your part. And then when everybody's doing their part, come outside the faith factory and say, what's going on out there? How's everybody doing? How's my mom doing? How's cousin Edith? How's little Sammy? I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say? How's big old Freddy? How are you guys doing out there? Are we? I cannot wait till this COVID is over. Because I searched through, I went through pictures last night, and I just seen all this stuff that 31 Status did. Man, we fed the fire department. We went to Skid Row with a ton of people, a ton of lunches, a ton of um, feminine hygiene packets. We did all kinds of things, and we're not stopping. Amen. We're just pausing. The Lord has said pause for a minute. I remember when Pastor Vaughn had acts. 10 men and it was uh, regarding acts 10 where we did good works i found pictures of them mowing lawns for the elderly pulling out weeds filling up garbage cans let's not forget really what the church is here to do but first and foremost fathers make sure your house is in order that is your first ministry do not come out of the faith factory until your factory is running well. Do not come out. <laughs> Don't overwhelm yourself. Don't overdo it. Do not come out of your faith factory until it's running well and smooth and you've got a great, 
uh, replacement directing, and you got sons and daughters managing. Your ministry, your multitude is after your family. The multitude was on the next day for Jesus and those three disciples. It was on the next day. Last thing, third focus I want us to get our attention to is Jesus. And this is amazing. Jesus, Jesus noticed this man who spoke of his only son, knew what it felt like to be an only son and separated. Fathers, we are not only to pray for the children who cannot pray, so that is when they're young, but also if they will not pray. We have a small window of opportunity really really small that we don't realize very very small window with our kids and the kids that come into this place sunday school is once a week we hope that they get packets and they do throughout the week but if they don't it's a very small window of influence and impact take advantage don't just pray for your kids when they cannot when they're super small when they're babies and infants but also pray for your kids when they will not, when they, they, when they just don't seem to understand. Bring them to Jesus. What did that father do? What do m parents, men and women, all throughout scripture, what did they do? They brought their children to Jesus. I remember so clearly when somebody came in here and she said, all I heard was bring your son to me. Bring your son to me. And he will tell us over and over and over again. What did he say? In verse Luke 9, verse 41, Jesus answered, after he goes off on the generation and the multitude, oh, faithless and twisted generation, how long am I going to be with you? How long do you want me to bear with you? Bring your son here. Bring your burdens here. Bring your worries here. Bring their futures here. Bring them to me. Verse 42, while he was coming, the, this is while he was coming, the little boy, it's, it's a small H in the scripture, the demon threw him to the ground and convulsed him. But Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit and healed the boy. And Jesus doesn't need anything. We cannot add to his riches. We cannot add to his glory or his inheritance. He's got it all. So what does he do? When, when we are afraid, parents, uh, moms, aunts, uncles, when we are afraid to bring our things to Jesus, he takes care of it, he heals it, he restores it, he's a God of reconciliation, he's the bridge. What does he do? He gives it back to you, back 
to me. Like Gary was saying in tithe, what's a dollar a day for a child to save? What's a dollar a day to the way? What's a dollar a day? What is it really? It's going to come back to you 30-fold, 60-fold, 90-fold, 100-fold. You reap what you sow. These principles are biblical. You reap what you sow. Don't be afraid that you're going to be lost without it. And even if he doesn't, he definitely will not leave a child harmed. So you don't have to worry about your kids, fathers. You don't have to worry about your siblings. You don't have to worry about your cousins. Bring them to Jesus. You don't have to worry about your grandkids. Bring them to Jesus. You don't have to worry. He's not going to take it with, from you and leave you empty. He's going to fix it all up, and he's going to give it right back to you, especially children. He loves children. He loves them. Loves them so much. He will not let them go. He will not let them go without. He longs to see us like children. It says in scripture. He longs to see men and women, adults of all generation, of all ages. He said childlike faith. Childlike faith. There is a man, a theologian, who is, um, his name is G.K. Jesterton from the 1800s. And he was a philosopher, theologian, an art critic, a literary critic. And the one thing that he said, I have to find it. One quote that he said was amazing. This Chesterton, Chesterton guy, G.K. Chesterton. Look him up yourself. This is what he wrote in one of his philosophy books. I learned more from observing a nursery than I ever did studying philosophy. One of the greatest theologians in his time he learned more from observing children in a nursery than studying his whole time of studying philosophy. There is something special about children. They move the heart of God. He loves them. He tells his disciples, get away, please. Get away. I want the little ones to come. I want to tell them a story. I want to hold their hand. We're going to have lunch. We're going to tell jokes. And he starts having a talent show with them. Just picture it. He brings them so much joy. And they bring him so much joy. Their heart and their faith is pure. It's pure. Man, we have got to be like little children. And if we can't do that, if we're so stubborn and we don't want to do that, get involved in nursery. <laughs> I always place a commercial on Sunday school and youth group and young adults. Man, we have so much to transfer. And then we think we're going in there like we're, we're all that. We're going to teach them. We're going to show them the songs. We're going to say, look up here, follow this, write this in your packet. 
and watch how much they teach us in return. Just watch. Watch how they sing and dance when they don't know the words to a song, but they sure feel the movement and they're up for it. They love it. Miss Peaches brings out the tambourines and the eggs filled with beans. And Jesus is probably, you know, up in heaven or in the room even, and he's dancing with them. <laughs> Invest into the children. You know why? Because that's where Jesus is. Like the, like the good Samaritan. Invest into the broken. You know why? That's who Jesus marries. You know, this, all this racism stuff, it's the reason he came for the hatred and to bring people together, to bridge the gap. Don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid of sufferings and hardships and circumstances and the cloud. That is where you will hear the voice of God saying, son, listen to my son in whom I am well pleased, a father, a father. Isaiah, if you can come up for me, please. If we can have the whole worship team come up. I'm going to ask you guys just to close your eyes. And I'm just going to pray really quick for if you've had a, a struggle with your earthly father. Let's just pray for redemption in that area. For healing. If you've never known the love of a father, so many of us have not known the love of a true father who comes to protect, who was there to provide and guide and lead and come back home to find a father figure, a godly man who goes up with Christ to pray and watch and listen and learn just like a, a student, just like a son. Don't be afraid, we've all been there. We all have imperfect fathers. Lord, we just come to you, God, and we really are praying for healing in this area on this day. So many of us have suffered by the hands and the purpose of the earthly father. Lord, would you come into our hearts and just heal it and remind us that we got it twisted. We make crooked everything you have uh, designed to be straight. If you don't know Jesus as a father, who's come to save you, come to save your family. If you're in this place, please keep your, just your heads bowed, your eyes closed. And even if you're online and you just wanna say, I need to surrender. I'm tired. I don't even know what I'm looking for. I, 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 I just don't know, but I'm tired of doing it on my own. You don't have to anymore. You don't have to anymore. That's what Jesus came for. He loves the hurting. He embraces the lonely. He marries the broken. He sees beauty in it. any of you 
in this place or, or just even online, if you're, if you're watching right now, just bow your heads, close your eyes, and, and just pray. But if that's for any of you in here, in this place, I'd love to personally see and recognize you that I can continue to pray for you. Just raise your hand where you are if you have never surrendered to Christ, if you've never surrendered to the Father's heart that is for you, not against you. It's for you and it's for me. We thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing in our hearts and in our minds all over the world. You are behind the scenes and we know it. Chariots of fire, chariots of horses. You have angels all around, all around your beloved sons and daughters. You rush to the rescue. You are not slow and you do not lack in anything. You are just patient. And may we not crucify you for that, but may we too be patient. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing this Father's Day. Pray that you remind us of your heart, of what you have intended for us. What kind of, what family should look like as you intended from the beginning. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.